Hey guys, how's it going? As you guys know, or if you're just tuning in for the first time, I just moved to Pennsylvania about a month or so ago, so I'm still getting to know people, and it is actually the coolest freaking thing when I meet someone, and they're like, oh, I actually listened to your podcast, and I really like it, and like, I've listened to this episode, and like, this one, and blah, 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 blah. I'm like, wait, what? You guys listen to me talk. You can actually stand my annoying freaking voice and you listen to this? Like, no way. So I have been so freaking shocked by how many times that's happened to me. And I really, really appreciate it because I, you know, I started this as a passion hobby. And it still is a passion hobby, but it's kind of taken off more than I expected. And I just, like, am so grateful for that. It's kind of unbelievable. So I want to say thank you to the people that have helped me this far, and it's and thank you to everyone who's been listening and tuning in. So you guys are awesome. Malcolm, I have been like using my LinkedIn a lot more since I started this for networking, and I saw a face on LinkedIn that I had not seen in what felt like a decade which is Malcolm Hayes, so I added him on there, and I was like, oh my god, Malcolm, like, I have this podcast, and you should come on and kind of talk about your story. So our guest for this week is Malcolm Hayes. Malcolm and I went to high school together, and it is so great to see that his career has taken off since the last time that I saw him. He was able to go straight from high school into college. Malcolm went to the University of Maine and played four years there. Then he took his last year of NCAA eligibility and started a master's program at University Alaska Anchorage so he could develop his skills a little bit more before starting his pro career. He then started his 2019-2020 season in the Southern Professional Hockey League playing for the Marksmen, and he ended his season playing in the East Coast Hockey League for the Mavericks. So he's going to talk a little bit about some of the difficulties of jumping straight from high school to college, and he talks a little bit about his first ever D1 game, which is a funny story. He talks about his last season at UMaine and how it was difficult for him, and he had to readjust his perspective and readjust his pathway to success and he talks about his hopes for his hockey journey thank you guys for tuning in thank you for being on this journey with me and i hope you guys enjoy listening to malcolm talk he's really awesome he's wearing 24 this year so keep an eye out for him here we go hey kelsey hey how are you i'm doing good how are you (laughs) good it's been such a long time I know, right? It's been like seven years. <laughs> Isn't that kind of crazy to think that we graduated high school that long ago? I know. It's like scaring me. We're starting <laughs> to get old. Nobody wants to believe it either. Like, we are. No, I know. I've been like talking to some people and they're like getting married and have like real stuff going on. I'm like, what the heck? <laughs> yeah. Getting married is crazy. Having babies. People are really moving fast. Yeah. What have you been up to? Uh, not a whole lot. Just kind of waiting and seeing what's going to happen with our season, really. And then I, uh, I just started a fitness boot camp. I work with, um, this thing called Camp Gladiator. It's like pretty known in like the, in the South and like pretty big in Texas where they started. And I just started that three weeks ago. 
But other than that, just kind of waiting around and seeing what's going to happen. Okay. And you're running it? You're an instructor for it? Yeah, I'm a trainer. I just got, I had to get certified to uh, be able to sign up for it. So I took that test back in, I think it was like July. Yeah. Or something. I, I can't even remember the dates. Every, everything seems the same at this point. <laughs> oh my God, it really does. Now I saw that you were ACE certified. What was the process for that? Is the test hard? Yeah. So I took about, I took about two and a half months and I just got as much stuff off of YouTube University. Um, what else did I grab? I didn't, I got like mad flashcards and just like searched the World Wide Web because I didn't want to pay for the online course and the test. That would have been like $1,200. Jeez. So I just paid for the test and I just made flashcards and I bought a couple study packets online that I found. But for the most part, it was just like eight hour days, like study hall basically. <laughs> so I'd come home, I'd work out, then come home and just study for like two months and then ended up passing it. But it was a tough test for sure. Are you focusing on doing, like, hockey training or just any fitness training? Right now it's just fitness training, but I do want to eventually, like, start working at the rink that I skate at with a few of the guys. I want to maybe get involved with some of the local programs and just kind of help out with them, some of the older guys, maybe, like, 14, 15-year-olds. Okay. But right now I'm just focused on, like, overall fitness and just kind of getting my feet wet in the industry. Gotcha. How's the camp that you're doing so far, though? It's, it's been good. So I do outdoor on Mondays, Wednesdays, and then I do virtual on Tuesdays and Thursdays. That's Did you put something <laughs> over your microphone? Oh, my bad. I have my finger over it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, no, being a salesperson is probably one of the toughest things I'm learning. So still work, still working at it, but I mean, it's tough. And I like the virtual a lot better. It's just, I don't, I don't know. It just feels easier to coach people virtually than in person right now. Maybe that's because I'm not comfortable with it, but... Maybe the more I work at it and the more I uh, train people in person, I'll get more comfortable with it. We'll see. But right now, I like the virtual a lot. Yeah. Yeah. I feel like it would be the opposite. That's what I thought, too, but I don't know why. I don't know. It's, it's weird. <laughs> Maybe it's because I have more people on the virtual, so that's why I probably like it. Oh, gotcha. I, in person, is only like uh, three or four people. I saw that you were doing YouTube videos. I didn't get into watching them, but are those where you're doing the virtuals? No, I do the virtuals through Camp Gladi, and we have every trainer has their own Zoom account. Oh, okay. So that's how you do it. So when you when you sign up through Camp Gladi and you go to virtual workout selection, they have like all the trainers and what time they go at. And there's basically one for any time of the day. I think, like, the earliest one is probably, like, 5. And then I want to say the last one goes, it might start at, like, 7.15 or something. So, like, no matter what your schedule is, they have, like, an opening for you to get an hour workout in, which is nice. Gotcha. And then, so what are these YouTube videos that you're doing? I started that last summer. I really haven't been keeping up with them this summer just because, like, mm -hmm. <laughs> I'm not really doing much, really, because... The majority of people are really in the house, so I just haven't really been doing them as much as I'd like to. But I definitely want to get back into them when we start the season again, because I know I stopped doing them last uh, last year when we started the season. So I want to do more of an in-season kind of thing this year. And I really just started it just um, out of boredom, to be honest. <laughs> <laughs> and I just kind of stuck with it uh, last summer. It just gave me something to do and keep me busy through the day. So that's where I kind of started that. All right, not bad. So, I didn't realize that you were from Atlanta. <laughs> yeah, 
I move around so much that people don't even really know where I'm from. <laughs> yeah. Did you ever play TPH growing up? Yeah, I did. I played TPH until I was 12 or 13. And then after that, that's when I left and I went to um, Billet in Detroit and played for Bell Tire. And then after that, came home for a year. That was my ninth grade year. I played for a team in Florida. So every weekend, I'd go down to Florida to play games and practice with them. And then that following year, that's when I went up to New Hampton. Yeah. Yeah, so a lot of moving around. (laughs) How did you like that at such a young age? To be honest, I didn't really think much about it. I don't know. I was always on the like road early when I first started hockey, playing in Atlanta. You have to travel if you want to play teams. Mm -hmm. And if you want to play good teams, you got to keep going north. So I was kind of like used to that, but I don't know, I was just a young kid, just listening to music on road trips and have fun playing hockey. Really don't have a care in the world at that point, so it wasn't too much to worry about back then, but yeah. now it's, I feel like now it's kind of like I'm living like the same lifestyle, basically just always on the road in terms of like when we're in season, just moving around, and I've just kind of adopted that, that mentality of just enjoying it and being on the road playing hockey. And trying not to have a care in the world about it. Hockey just seems to keep everyone from being jaded. Yeah. You know, you just enjoy life a little bit more. Yeah, 100%. And that's how it should be. In terms of any sport, really, that you do or anything that you really do in life. Definitely. Definitely. But I can see how having a desk job can bring it on you a little bit quicker. (laughs) Yeah. I'm not looking forward to ever getting a desk job. I don't know if I can do it. It's just... I don't know, I feel like I have to be moving around and doing something every day. I just can't sit in one spot for eight hours a day. Well, what did you get your degree in? Did you go with, like, the fitness route or something? No, I got it in uh, business marketing. Okay. That's yeah, the, fit, the personal training really didn't, like, I didn't start doing that until we started quarantine. Like, I never crossed my mind. And then, I don't know, realized how much time we had on our hands. Mm-hmm. I bought an Xbox. I played that for about a week. <laughs> hockey team at all or no? <laughs> no. no? <laughs> that's the funny thing about it. Like, they're both gladiators, so I got a kick out of that. Pe- people always ask if it's, like, related. I'm just like, no, nah, it's the same name. <laughs> <laughs> How did you end up at New Hampton School? When I was playing for that team in Florida, what were we playing at? We were playing somewhere in either Boston or New Hampshire for a tournament, and Coach Wright, who was the coach at New Hampton at the time, him and a few other prep school coaches let a, let our whole team tour their campuses, and I just uh, Coach Wright had seen me play that weekend. We had a pretty good conversation with uh, him, and my parents, and we just really liked him as a guy and as a coach. And I was kind of hooked from there with him, and I still keep in contact with him to this day. So, but he's not coaching there anymore. No, he left. I want to say I, uh, he moved to China with his wife and kids. <laughs> yeah. What the heck? Um, Gotcha. Wait, but then you ended up switching schools, so you went to Cushing Academy. Mm-hmm. 
Why? What happened? Nothing. I just wanted to go to like a bigger, bigger name school and try and get noticed. I like after I finished my junior year at New Hampton, I wasn't really talking to any schools. And the coach at Cushing had already known me from, he saw me play right around the time that Coach Wright did, but at the time I wasn't as good. I was still working and I was still pretty small. But then once he saw me again, like three years later, I kind of grown a little bit, gotten a little bit better, worked on some stuff that he told me to work on. So Cushing had always been like a school that I wanted to play at. Like it's a pretty known prep school in terms of the hockey world. So when he told me that he had a spot for me, I was just like, well, I know I can go. If I go there and I play well, I can definitely get a, a look from a college team. So that was kind of my thought process through it. It had nothing to do with the ice rinks? No, not at all. <laughs> I, I really didn't mind, like, New Hampton was outdoor. Like, I think it's kind of cool. The only time I'll really say I had a problem was, was when we were playing Tilton. I think it was my sophomore year. And it was so, it was like negative, like six that day. Like, couldn't feel my hands, couldn't feel my toes. Like, kept going in the locker room in between shifts. Like, I couldn't focus because it was so cold. That was the only real time I had a problem with it. But, like, but if you're, if you're on the ice and skating around, like, you're not going to notice how cold it is because you're always hot. Like, but I would never, like, I was never going to watch a game there. <laughs> it was too cold for me. <laughs> so I'm glad I was on the ice. Have you seen their new ring, though? I've seen pictures of it, and yeah. there's a couple kids who um, who skate here during the summers that play at New Hampton right now, and they showed me some stuff, and they've done a lot to it. It's pretty nice, actually. Yeah. Which looks like a college ring. <laughs> do, do you know Scott Aaron? Scott Aaron, no. No? Okay, he plays hockey in a similar area, but he might be a couple years younger than you. Oh, okay. Yeah, there's... There's a kid named Steve Art Dagna. I, th- I think he's at New Hampshire right now. And then there's a goalie. I'm blanking on his name, but he's also there too. Okay, so Cushing. Well, they always have their tournament every winter. Or at <laughs> least they host a girls' tournament. I don't know if they host a tournament for the boys. <laughs> they We had our, I think it's Cushing Lawrence, um, like put together a tournament that they had. And I'm trying to think. I remember playing it, but I know we didn't win it. I'm trying to think of who we lost to. I think we might have lost to Culver or somebody like that. Yeah, I remember Coach Gagnon wasn't happy with our performance. <laughs> <laughs> so you're a senior. You're not committed yet. Were you freaking out at this point? I was a little, a little nervous, a little frustrated because I felt like, like that summer going in, I put a lot of work in and I worked really hard in contact at a lot of schools and just wasn't getting any looks. And then my GBL coach Billy Ryan. He uh, asked me if I wanted to play split season with them, like before our season at Cushing started. And I ended up playing one of my defense partners, uh, Rich Boyd. He was already committed to uh, UNH, so we ended up being D partners. And it kind of worked out because he was, pretty, he was really good. So if you're playing next to somebody who's really good, you're automatically going to get a look because why is somebody going to put a really good player with a really bad player? So that, so I kind of just snuck in like that, and I just ended up starting talking to schools during the GBL. And going into Cushing, I was just like, I can't really stress about it. Just kind of have to let it work itself out, and we'll see what happens. And just ended up committed to Maine, I think, in, like, December-ish, which is nice. But, I mean, at the end of the day, you still want to be focused on on the team that you're on right now mm-hmm. and worry about playing that. So that was kind of where my mind was at. But obviously in the back of my mind when I wasn't committed, it was definitely like a thought there every day. But, you know, sometimes you just have to let things work itself out. 
Definitely. And is it like a little bit reassuring knowing that you could always just go straight into juniors and then figure it out from there? Yeah. But at the same time, you don't want to have that thought process. It's like, oh, okay, I'll get him next year because mm-hmm. you, ne- you never know what happened. Like next year you could get an injury or something like that. Like anything is possible. So you don't, you don't want to have that mindset where it's like, oh, maybe next year you want to keep working as hard as possible to come in as soon as possible. But at the same time, you don't want to rush it either and pick the wrong school. So it's, it's pros and cons to, to it, but definitely being committed does take a lot of weight off your shoulders the early you do it and it just gives you more focus towards the goal of winning games on the team that you're on right now so you got committed you're playing at university of maine were you older than a lot of people there because you skipped the whole junior process no i was i was younger i was 19 i was 19 when i came in so i think i was the youngest in my class actually no there was one other kid who was 96 so we were the two youngest kids on the team at the time since I had skipped. So I was pretty young when I, yeah, I was one year behind of my regular graduating class, which is, I don't know how it is now, but back then it was kind of unusual. Guys usually did play like one year juniors. Mm-hmm. So I wasn't too far off for the age, but I was a little bit early, yeah. And what was the jump like going from playing just prep school to playing Division One hockey? It was definitely tough, I'll tell you that. Like the first first couple practices and my first exhibition game, like me and my best friends, we still joke about that exhibition game to this day. Like the way our coach had it set up was like certain guys were only going to play like a certain amount of the game. Like you, would, most most of the guys weren't going to play the whole game. Maybe a few guys, but I ended up only playing the second period. And I tell you, it was probably like the worst period of hockey I've ever played in my life. <laughs> It was just, I had so many nerves. Like, it was the most fans I was ever playing in front of. Like, the student section was loud as, I don't know what, couldn't hear my thoughts. And I just went out there, and I just had a terrible period. And <laughs> after the game, I was like, yeah, I think, boys, I think I'm going to juniors. <laughs> Should be heading off after uh, after the week of practice, but we'll see you guys. But if so, it's been a fun ride. Like, we, we still joke about that, but... After I kind of got my feet under me, it wasn't too too harsh. Our practices were pretty tough, with me, which made the games easier for us, which I like. But, I mean, Steph, like, I noticed it, noticed the jump the first first two parts <laughs> and that exhibition game. Yeah. <laughs> but you stuck with it. Yeah. So, <laughs> I mean, I didn't have a choice there. I was like, you got to rebound after that one. <laughs> Did you like it? Did you like University of Maine? Yeah, I loved it. I, like, I have some some friends that will be around for a very long time that I got from there. And, like, I never had any problems with any teammates, really. But it was just an overall great experience. Obviously, I wanted to play more. But, I mean, that's not up to me. That's the coaching staff. Yeah. But it is what it is. But off the ice, I had a great time. Wouldn't complain. No change of thing. Yeah, did you get injured your sophomore year? Yeah, I tore my labrum, my shoulder, three games into the season. Ended up sitting that one out. And that's why I ended up going to Alaska, because I still had that redshirt year. Okay, gotcha. So they didn't give you a hard time about redshirting after the season already started? I don't really know what the rules are for that. No, I think the line for that, I think it's ten games you can play. Okay. I was only 
minus three, so I was fine. So did you have to get surgery to fix that? Yeah, I was in a sling for six weeks, and they put, I think it was a rod and two screws in my right shoulder. Oh, how was the recovery for that? It wasn't that bad. I, like, that's, I guess it's a pretty common injury in hockey, which I didn't know. So, like, our, our trainer knew exactly what he was doing, and we actually had another guy who had had the same injury, like, the previous year. So I basically did it, everything he did, and I was back in no time. Just from falling on it weird? I think it would happen in practice. I got hit funny, and then it just kept getting worse and worse because it happened, like, pretty early in preseason. And I guess they said once you, like, tear it, it just gets worse and worse. Okay, explain to me the next part. So you finished, got your degree from UMaine, or did you <clears throat> transfer and get your degree from Alaska? No, I got my degree from UMaine and then transferred for a fifth year. Okay. And, uh, into a grad school program at Alaska. Did you finish getting your master's degree? No, I still have probably, I'm about halfway there. Okay. But I don't want to finish it yet just because I don't see the point in taking out a loan <laughs> right now and causing like that financial stress. So when I get more situated and, and with what I'm doing in my career and stuff like that, then I'm going to finish it up. How did you like Alaska? What a crazy place uh, to be. Yeah, it was it was different to say the least. <laughs> so I had been there once my freshman year at Maine. We went out there for, they don't do it anymore, but it was called, I'm actually blanking on the name of what it was called, but it's a four-team tournament. Like It was always like two, two random schools and then the two Alaska schools. So I had gone out there my freshman year, and I didn't really like it. <laughs> but when they called and said they had a spot for me, I was like, well, I'm packing my bags now. <laughs> and, uh, but, yeah, it was different, though. I enjoyed it, though. I can't say enough good things about the coaches staff. I was there. They really helped me get better while I was there and keep moving forward up the ladder, which was the goal. So can't really say anything bad about it. It was awesome. Would you ever move back there? No. Nope. <laughs> <laughs> Don't think so. That's cool, though. Alaska seems like an interesting place, and it's nice that you were able to get in that fifth year. Was, did you, like, debate doing that at all, or was it like, heck yeah, like, I'm down for another year? No, I knew I wanted to do it because I had uh, played at Maine, so I had made my mind up going back, like, when I was going back for my second semester, my senior year at Maine, I had made my mind up, like, I'm trying to find a, find a place to play for next year on a team that wants me. So I had no, uh, no second thoughts about that. So you were locked in to playing pro then? Yeah. Well, I wanted to, yeah. Really <laughs> <bad>. <laughs> it's just been, it's hockey's been something I've been doing for so long, so it would be weird to just stop just like that without giving pro a chance. Yeah, how did you get into hockey? We lived in Detroit until I was like six. And, and Detroit is pretty common, a lot of, a lot of kids play uh, like street hockey and stuff. So that's where I kind of saw it. My parents said that I was invited to a birthday party and they told us to bring hockey equipment, but we didn't have any at the time. So I guess that's how we kind of got started. <laughs> so are you a Red Wings fan then? No, because I was born in Denver. So I'm, a, I'm an Avalanche fan. Okay. <laughs> you are yeah. seriously all over. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, we were in, I was in Denver for maybe a week. I don't, I don't know anything about Denver. I just know I was born there, and then we kept it moving. 
Why do you guys move so much? Is it a military family? Uh, no, my dad was in, uh, he was a TV news anchor. He is? He was until 2000, I think, six, 15 or 16. Okay. So he bounced around a lot because of that, but now he has his own uh, media brand consulting business. So we've been in Atlanta, or just outside Atlanta for like the past three years again. How cool. Did you ever think about going into that? Into TV? Yeah. Not really. <laughs> I'd probably think maybe like, I'd love to try like acting one day, but I've never like, it's never crossed my mind to actually take it serious. I don't think I'd actually be good at it. <laughs> yeah. It's just like, it's a fun little thing to try. Have you gotten on camera, like, when he's doing any of his news things? Did you ever just pop in the background? Uh, <laughs> <laughs> I'm not too big on getting on camera if I don't have to. Yeah. Okay, let's see. So you did your first year pro in Fayetteville. That's out here, right? That's in North Carolina? Yeah. Did you like it? It was, it was a grind. I didn't think the hockey was great, but, I mean, I knew... I had to go there and play and play well if I wanted to uh, move up to the next level. So that's what I kind of had in my mind to do. But, I mean, it's, uh, to put a lot of time into the sport, you want to be able to get something out of it and get a reward. So it was kind of frustrating with, like, the overall hockey there. But, I mean, like, the coaching staff was great. They were always working with me after practice and watching film with me and correcting my mistakes in games and stuff. So they definitely helped me uh, grow as a pro and as a hockey player, which is huge. Yeah, definitely. I was wondering how different you thought it was playing in the Southern Professional League and then playing in the East Coast League. Yes, not that different, to be honest. Like, I feel like once you get to pro, the only thing separating you is how well you can execute. Mm -hmm. Because everybody can skate, everybody can shoot. So how well can you, like, anticipate plays, what's going to happen, where the puck's going to be, stuff like that. And then I'm also noticing about pros, all about, like, opportunity. Like, guys get injured and stuff all the time, so you really have to have that that next man up mentality. And that was, like, the biggest thing I noticed. Like, you just got to be ready for whatever. Yeah. It says here that you were loaned to the Kansas City Mavericks. So does that mean that you got any of that spit and chicklets East Coast fun? Yeah, I did. Since I was on on the roster to end the season with them. Okay, I didn't know if you were going to get screwed out of that because it said that you got loaned. <laughs> no, no. Yeah, you had to finish the um, finish on an active roster with the ECHL team to get that. Gotcha. How cool is that? Were you pumped when they came out with it? I was just kind of like, whatever. Really? Because <laughs> yeah. it was only like a certain percentage of the paycheck, I think. Or something. So I was like, I was happy, like, yeah, hey, it's free money. But yeah. <laughs> at the same time, I'm not rich. <laughs> so I just took it and paid a couple bills. Of it. That was that. There you go. So if you, which two programs have you like, um, or I guess, I guess what I want to say is what were the pros and cons of playing like in the Southern League and then playing in the East Coast League for you so far? Pros? Probably just playing playing hockey for money, mm -hmm. free equipment. The only only cons I would say is bus rides. I hate bus rides. And, and we had to do, like, 
15 hour rides on like these sleeper bed buses and I just don't sleep well on buses because I'm all like whenever the bus driver come to a sudden stop I'm just like are we crashing or <laughs> <laughs> something like that so I don't do well with sleeping on those so that's my only con is the sleeper buses I would love to get rid of those <laughs> yeah <laughs> but what it. about playing in Alaska do you guys have to fly to a lot of your games yeah we flew to everywhere there was even when we played Fairbanks we still had a 45 minute flight Really? Yeah. <laughs> yeah, so it was a lot of travel for them. A lot of time with the team. Yeah. We would do, that was where I got introduced to two-week trips. Uh-huh. We, and that was the first time I had ever been away from, like, campus for that long. Like, that's unheard of at, at Maine because every school, uh, it's probably, like, I think Vermont is a further set, like, six and a half hours. But even Notre Dame, when they were in the conference, it was still only like a two-hour flight. So you weren't going to be gone. You would probably leave Thursday and come back uh, Sunday afternoon. So to be in Alaska and go on a trip for two weeks is kind of kind of wild. Yeah, that is wild. How do you do that with your classes and everything? You got to let the professor know ahead of time and just let them know that you're going to be missing and like the days that you're going to be missing, you really just got to be on top of that stuff or else it can really hurt you. Yeah. Did you feel like a professional player at that point? Do you guys wear suits to the airport and everything? No, thankfully we didn't have to wear suits. That would have been so uncomfortable. <laughs> we, uh, we had to dress nice, though. We had to dress like polo and uh, dress pants, which isn't bad. But, I mean, yeah, it definitely has that pro feeling of always having to get on the road and go somewhere with your bags packed. For sure. What? Well, we always say, what would you do with your first professional paycheck? But did you get anything with yours? No. <laughs> <laughs> I did not do anything special. What I do? Probably bought some groceries and called it one. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Are you excited for the season with the Gladiators? Oh, yeah. Um, if there is a season, I'm really Really praying there's going to be one. Hopefully they can figure out a plan. But, yeah, it'll be cool. This will be the first time I've ever played at home since I was, like, probably, like, eight, seven or eight around there. So it's definitely exciting to be a lot of family in the crowd and stuff. Yeah, do you get to live at home and play? No, I'm going to live in the team apartments. It's probably, like, 20 minutes from my house. Gotcha. How nice was that? Did you reach out to that team so you could play at home, or did the coach, like, approach you? Uh, so I got traded from uh, Kansas City, mm-hmm. and um, I had talked to the Kansas City coach like a few times. The the one that uh, was there when I was there actually ended up getting fired, so they had a new coach that contacted me, and I had spoke with him probably like twice early on when I first got home, and then I think in July was when I was traded. He called me and just told me, let me know that the Atlanta coach had been asking me about me and that he wanted me. And that they were probably going to end up getting a deal done. And I was like, yeah, that's fine. I understand it's a business. And I just want to go wherever team wants me and I'm going to play a lot. So that was the only thing I had to say about it. Apparently Atlanta was it. So I'm excited to be here. And you guys aren't going to start until December? That's what it's looking like right now. Could be December. Could be January. Could be February. (laughs) (laughs) The earliest I've heard is December and the latest I've heard is February. So. I'm hoping to maybe meet in the middle and just start in January. Yeah. How crazy. And it doesn't sound like they're going to fix this at all. It sounds like this is going to be the new schedule. <laughs> yeah. 
I'm not liking it either. <laughs> so we need to get this under control ASAP. <laughs> I know. You don't like the extra long off season? No, it just gets at this point I haven't played a game since if we started in February it'd be like because I sprained my ankle at the end of the last season, so mm-hmm. I haven't played a game since the middle of February. So if we were in fact of February, I'd be working out and training in the off season for a year. So I basically would be a red shirt again. <laughs> yeah, how crazy is that? It's definitely tough. It's a mental <laughs> game for sure. <laughs> have you gotten any games in or you guys have just been scrimmaging and doing drills? No, we actually a good amount of team isn't here. It's just a few local guys that are down here. And we've just been doing a lot of like hour, hour ten on the ice, a couple drills, nothing crazy, and then we'll play like two on two or something at the end. Mm-hmm. But I mean, it's, like we don't want to bag ourselves because we don't know what's going to happen. We don't know like how many games we're going to play or what's going like, what's going to be the schedule. So we just kind of been waiting and see. But at the same time, we're still working though, staying shape for when that call does come that we got a set date. Yeah. Have you seen that they're trying, the NHL is trying to figure out how they're going to do their season? And they're like, maybe we'll just have a bubble for the whole season. <laughs> Guys, I'm not going to like that. No, I think it quickly got turned down. <laughs> yeah. I, there's no way they're going to pass that through. Especially if you have a family, how crazy would that be? Yeah. That's why, I, like, this one was so hard. It's just like a mental game. You're just stuck just in a bubble. Yeah. But I guess if you're a young guy and you don't have a family, you don't have a lot going on, then you're kind of just like, you got to get through it, really, <laughs> playing hockey at the, at the highest level. Do you think that you could do it? I mean, they've been in the bubble for, like, what, like four months now or something? Yeah. I think I could do it because I don't have a family. And yeah. I don't have a lot going on, so I'm just playing hockey and playing for the Stanley Cup. So that would be the only thing on my mind, so – I personally wouldn't have a problem with it. But I know if I had a family and had, like, kids to worry about, then it's like, all right, we got to be able to, like, let them in at some point or something like that. Like, I'd have a tough time staying away from my family for four months. Yeah, what do you think about the guy from the Bruins that just walked out? Well, I respect his decision a lot, and I think his teammates should have been behind him. And I think a lot of them were. I think the only people who had a problem with it were people who don't know much about hockey and don't know much about what he had going on in his life. I think it came out that his, his daughter might have been in the hospital or something like that. Oh, I didn't hear that part. Yeah. Don't, don't quote me on that, but yeah. I know somebody was sick and that's why he ended up leaving him. Like people on Twitter were calling him like soft and things like that and just had no idea what the situation was, but we're still commenting on it. So, I mean, I respect his decision for doing that. Would you be just as excited to win this Stanley Cup, or do you think it is, like, the COVID Cup? No, I mean, either way, like, obviously, like, 25-year-old, when you win the Stanley Cup, you want to go out and party and stuff like that. But, I mean, I I know once, like, life is back to normal, I'd find a way to celebrate it. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) So, I would still be just as... uh, just as happy to win it right now and put my name in history. So yeah. being the COVID Cup just makes it that more memorable for people and you can bring my name up with it. <laughs> <laughs> Who are you going for, Tampa or Dallas? I don't really have a dog in the fight. I kind of just, I'm just enjoying the hockey. It's been a really good series, but like there's just so many factors that's playing in it. I don't really know. Every, like, every game, it seems like it could go either way. 
would be interesting. I hope it goes seven just because the hockey's been that fun to watch. I don't want it to end any earlier than it has to. Yeah. Where do you see your hockey career going? <laughs> I don't know. That's a good question. <laughs> I'm going to try and play until the legs fall off, so wherever oh, yeah. it takes me. But I definitely want to try and play and get to as high as the level as I possibly can. So just keep working on that every day and getting better and, and see what happens and just enjoying the ride, really. I like that. Do you have someone that you look towards as a mentor, someone that help, has helped you through your hockey career? I wouldn't say, like, one specific person because there have been so many people that have helped me through this. So I wouldn't say I have, like, one specific person, but I do, like, look a lot to my parents, uh, past coaches, a lot of friends and people who play in the league, uh, just guys that I've trained with. It's just so many people that, that support me that it's just hard to give one person credit for it. Because I've learned so much from so many different people. So spreading the love out. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, no, it is a really great community. And I feel like as long as you get your foot in the door with the right people, they're always happy to move you forward. Exactly. Yeah. Let's see. What else we got on here? <laughs> Thank you for coming on to my podcast, too, by the oh, way. No, no problem. Are you going to put it on, um, like, social media and stuff? Yeah, so we have an Instagram page, and I have a website, and then this will be on, like, all the podcasting things, so like Apple Podcast, iTunes, Spotify. It'll be up okay. there. Cool, I'll check that out. <laughs> cool. And so, how do you feel about everything else that's going on in the news right now? I saw an article on the NHL website... Color of Hockey Defenseman Path to Pros on YouTube. And I don't know, how do you feel about, like, all the BLM that's going on and everyone, like, taking a knee and, like, hockey taking time off? To be honest, it's, like, a lot for me. Yeah. So I don't really talk to a lot of people about it just because there's so many different point of views. And I feel like right now everything is just an argument. And people don't have, like, the facts on it. And I just choose not to. There's some people who just don't want to accept uh, certain things. And if you don't want to accept a certain thing, then I can't, like, waste my breath trying to get you to accept, like, what's right and what's wrong. If you can't see, like, in some of these situations what people did wrong, then that's just on you and you don't want to. So I'm not going to waste my energy trying to get you to accept something that you don't want to because it's not going to work. So, I mean, I... Like, a lot has been going on. It's been pretty pretty sad, to say the least, just to see what, what is happening and to know that we're fighting these same battles that we've been fighting for the past, I don't know, 200, 300, 400 years just mm-hmm. since, like, time started. So, I mean, it's pretty sad to see. And it feels like every time we push one step forward, we're taking 10 back, you know. Like, in terms like the NHL, like, when, when it happened with, uh, I think it was Jake Blake and all the other professional sports decided to take a, a day off and didn't play and the NHL still decided to play. But yet they had, like, end racism written on, on the walls and on the boards and stuff like that. It's like, well, here's a chance to show that you actually mean action and you just let everybody down in terms of, pl- uh, players of color, mm-hmm. in my opinion. But, I mean, at the same time, it does seem like we're getting somewhere, but it's just hard to see the light at the end of the tunnel right now. Definitely, definitely. 
do you have an idea of steps to take forward? In terms of hockey or just, like, overall? Overall, I think. Overall, it just comes with, like, spreading awareness. And at the end of the day, I think it comes down to the people who aren't being who this isn't happening to has to become fed up with it. Mm-hmm. Right now, like, I remember I asked my grandma when everything first started happening. I was like, do you notice anything? Like, when people were first riding in Atlanta and stuff, I was like, do you notice anything different about the rides now in terms of the rides that happened in, like, the 60s? And she said, well, it's not just us fighting anymore. Like, we're starting to see black, white, you know, yellow, brown, purple, whatever it is. Like, other people are getting fed up with it. So I think that's where it starts, like, strength in numbers, you know. So I think that's, like, the first step of just raising awareness. And people just have to be sick of, like, seeing the same thing on the news every day and just seeing these families go through what they have to go through for no reason other than the uh, color of their skin. We had a lot of protests out where I live in California, which is where I spent this summer. Because I live only 15 minutes away from Oakland and like 30 minutes away from San Francisco. So we saw our whole entire like county pretty much like go out and protest. Yeah. Was it like that in Atlanta? Yeah, for a little bit, and then a lot of the the looting and violence started coming into play, which is what we don't want. But, I mean, people are frustrated, you know, so, like, some days, I'm not saying what they're doing is right, but, uh, but I can see where people are coming from. Like, they're just tired of seeing the same thing over and over. But there's a right way to go about making change, and there's a wrong way. And I think, I think they have to work on finding a better solution to do the right way instead of just tearing down uh, communities because that's not going to get any anybody anywhere and all it's going to do is just ruin people's the communities and where they live yeah so for you being part of the hockey community and being a professional player how do you feel being a role model to people that might not be rep- as represented yeah I, f- I would say I mean I just try to in terms of being a role model, I just try to do the right thing when nobody's looking. Yeah. And just try to work as hard as possible and, and just kind of let my actions speak for myself. I don't really, I don't ever feel like, like words do enough. I always feel like you need to actually talk, uh, be about what you're going to talk about. So I choose not to speak a lot. I just let my actions take care of it. Because I do think it's pretty badass. And obviously other people do too, since you have this article written about you up here and stuff. Have you had anyone come up to you, like, saying, like, oh, you're my role model, or, like, I'm so happy that you're playing? Yeah, it's happened a few times. It's pretty humbling, because it's just not something that I, I think about. Like, at the end of the day, hockey's not that big in itself. So, in my mind, I'm not really, like, besides my nephew, that's the only <laughs> person I know that actually, like, looks up to me and thinks I walk on water. But besides him, I would never, <laughs> I would never expect anybody else to say that I was there. Their role models, so I mean, when it happens, it's pretty humbling, but at the same time, it just keeps keeps my mind focused and know that I got to do the right thing because other people are looking up to me, so I got to set a good good example. The injury that you had your sophomore year, do you think that would be the biggest adversity that you've had to face in your hockey career? No. I would say like, that, was, that was pretty easy. I would say there's, I've been facing a lot of adversity since being a black hockey player, so... I mean, that's, that was nothing new to me. I would say this, 
strongest thing that I went through is just being in a dark place my uh, senior year and just going through a lot of off-ice stuff. And I still didn't play a single game, even though I was healthy the whole year. And I think, like, my favorite thing that kind of represents what I stand for is, like, I didn't play a single game that year. And then the next year, I come back at a Division One level and play every game that our team plays. So, I mean, that was, like, the strongest thing for me. But I knew I didn't want to quit. And I knew I still had, like, hockey left in me to show people that I could play. So I would say that was, like, the toughest thing for me to face. Yeah, how hard is that to sit out your whole senior season? Yes, yeah, it's, it's frustrating. It's definitely a mind game, you know, but, I mean, you have two ways you can go about it. You can either feel bad for yourself or you can get up and go at it and go work and try and get better. And, but at the end of the tunnel, keep working and hope for a brighter day. And that's kind of what I did. But, I mean, it's definitely, like, in the moment, you know, it can be challenging because you might not feel like there is going to be another day. But yeah. You just got to keep working and drown those thoughts out as best you can. So were you nervous then to go to Alaska thinking like, okay, will I get the playing time? Or were you just like so confident and reassured in yourself that you're like, I know I'm good enough. And I know that if I get the opportunity, I can produce. It was more being just confident in my my, uh, work ethic. Mm-hmm. Like, I knew I was going to come in there and be one of the hardest workers, and hard work is hard to hide, so that was the mentality I had, that if I came in and worked as hard as I possibly could, then it's like, what can you say? If I didn't play after that, then I don't have, I don't have a problem, like, not playing when I'm working hard, you know, because then I know I'm giving it everything I had, and it just didn't work out that way, and that's how life goes sometimes, not everything's going to work out for you, but you can always work hard. So that was what I, that was my thought process for it. And are you excited for your team this year? Do they look like they're going to be pretty good? Yeah, I'm not, I'm not really sure where they finished last year, but I know they have a good amount of guys returning and they're pretty good last year. I'm not exactly sure where they were in the standings, but I know they were good and I know the coach is great. They got a great staff and a lot of returning players. So I think we'll be in good shape when the season does come. Are they affiliated with an AHL team? Yeah, uh, the Providence Bruins, and then they're affiliated with Boston. Would you ever want to play in Boston? Like, would you want to play in TD Garden? <laughs> yeah, that's like the closest thing to home for me because I just I've been in New, the New England area for so many years. So, I mean, that would be like a surreal experience for me. We, did, we didn't get to play at the Garden when I was at Maine, so never never played a game there. So <laughs> that would be something special if that ever did happen. Yeah, that would be unreal. Did Abby Rep go to UMaine also? Her brother did. Okay. Her brother was the captain my freshman year. One of the captains my freshman year. Was he as much of a beast as she was? Yeah. Yeah, I bet. (laughs) (laughs) He actually hit me with a puck in practice one time, like neck high, and I thought I was going to (laughs) die. So that's my favorite memory of Cracks me up to this day. Jesus. <laughs> Abby, in one of our games, she took a slap shot and hit some girl in the ankle and, like, broke her ankle. Really? Yeah. I know that was painful. <laughs> I was like, I'm never getting in the way of this girl. Yeah, that's why we pay goalies. <laughs> exactly. Well, thank you for coming on. Do you have anything else that you would want to talk about? Oh, no, I'm good. I think we hit, like, everything, really. Yeah, okay. What number are you wearing this season? I'm going to wear 24. 
24. All right. We'll keep an eye out for you. Oh, thank you. Appreciate <laughs> that. Thank you for having me. Enjoy. I'll talk to you later. All right. Sounds good. Bye. Bye.